Thanks to Masterclass for supporting the Apple Bits XL. This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash applebits. Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash applebits. Offer terms apply. Also, thanks to Notion for also supporting my show. Hey, where do I find that one urgent piece of information quickly and with my sanity intact? Try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash applebits, all lowercase. And thanks to you, Indeed, for sponsoring the Applebits XL. Indeed knows hiring needs to be cost-effective when you're running your own business. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash Applebits. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Hey, we're going to talk about the latest iOS, the latest watchOS, all of that stuff that has been shaping out. Yes, we got a follow-up to Beeper Mini, who was trying to bring iMessage to Android and the back and forth going there. Plus, maybe we'll talk a little bit of Apple Vision Pro and then future products coming up in the first part of next year, iPads, MacBook Airs, all that. You want to hear about it? Then you know what to do. Let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it has been a little over two weeks since I did the last show because I did the podcast, then a week went by, then I went over to Hawaii for a week. I told you all I was going to be gone, and then I really wanted to wait for actual news to come out, so that's why we're doing this towards the end of the week. But boy, we got a whole lot, so thanks for sticking around, thanks for hanging with me, and thanks for being patient. Obviously, you can check out my YouTube channel to get all the videos that are happening there, but we got a lot in the new operating systems releasing, new features being held back until the next one, which is showing up in the new betas. Uh, we also have new product information about iPads, MacBook Airs, the whole Beeper Mini drama is coming. So just buckle up because there is a whole lot to talk about. All right. We obviously need to get into some orders of business. You all haven't been calling. I, I've got to imagine the calls are going to start flowing once that Apple Vision Pro comes out because that is what is worth talking about. People have thoughts and opinions on it. So you know what? I'm going to be patient with you all. But if you want to, all you got to do is call into the show, record a voice memo on any platform, and send it into applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's Apple with bits with a Z. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your comments, your criticisms. I'll take them all. Just call and record that voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support all my content, and specifically this podcast. It starts at $2 a month, $5, which is like a cup of coffee, the $10, the $25, and the $100 platinum Apple level. And when you support my content through Patreon.com, what do you get? Early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. We're going to do a special closure rings. I've been holding off because I've really been so busy continuing to do this all solo during this crazy tech-tember, tech-tober, tech-november, running into tech-december season. So we're going to do it the start January. If you come to our Patreon Zoom exclusive monthly meetings, um, or almost monthly you know there's something really cool coming. So be a part of it. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support. All right, let's get to the stories here. And we're going to start with Apple releasing iOS 17.2 this week. Now, last week, I teased how 
it appeared that it would be coming. So we talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to go through the big features because this is a significant upgrade, at least from features that we had been teased at WWDC that are now finally here and what it is basically December. iOS 17.2 brings the journal app, right? That is that app that now allows you to record your daily activities, your thoughts. There's prompts for inspiration. It is good for mental health. It is also kind of a fun way to log significant events and then be able to look back at them. This is going to be a new habit that you may do already or you've never done before. It might be difficult for you to pick up, but I think overall being able to document kind of like, I don't want to say it's a dear diary, but it is. A journal is basically a diary, but this is a digital one. It's a feature built into iOS 17.2. You don't have to pay for it. So try it out. Check it out. I think it's really cool. There's entries that are automatically tagged with dates for organizational purposes. You got bookmarking. This is a, you know, a digital journal. So check it out. I think it's worth worth them looking at. And if it's your cup of tea, go for it. I think to me, the biggest feature here has to be spatial video recording in iOS 17.2. If you own, and these only these two phones can record spatial video right now, iPhone 15 Pro and iPhone 15 Pro Max. Now, why is this important? Well, if you've been watching my YouTube channel, uh, I just recently came back from the third. I've got to freaking check out the Apple Vision Pro three times now. I was just in Cupertino, oh, geez, a day ago. And I this time, during my vacation in Hawaii, I recorded a lot of spatial video. And then when I came back, I got to see it and I got to look at what works and what doesn't. So... If because I've been gone for a little while, we're going to stick to the news here and then I'm going to do a deeper dive. You can either check out my video, but I'm also going to reveal a few more nuggets in a free flow talk about spatial video in another podcast. Basically, I'm just going to try and make up a little time because you've been waiting like, when's the next show? Where'd you go? I know it's the holidays. We're going to do a deep dive with my spatial video experience and also my experience with the Apple Vision Pro for the third time so far before it's potential release in early 2024. So record these videos. They can be very meaningful. Um, I think this is going to be a sleeper feature and Apple is going to be really smart about this because look, if we are feeding this potential headset with content, this is almost planting the seed for some people who are like, I'll try spatial video. You cannot view spatial video on your phone right now. It takes two streams of video from the wide and the ultra wide, it does auto correction for the lens distortion, color correction uh, from that ultra wide because they are different, but then creates basically two streams, fuses them together in a single file, HEVC file that lives on your phone. But when you view it on anything like a TV or even upload to YouTube or look at it on your phone itself, it's gonna be the flat stream from the wide camera. But all the data and information is there. Uh, For every one minute of video, it takes up roughly 130 megs of storage, so it's going to be bigger than normal file. And this records only right now at 1080p, 30 frames per second. And that is still the, you know, Apple's video quality is so good. That is still good enough. There are some limitations with fast motion where frame rates will break down in 3D just because of the nature of it recording and trying to stitch all that together. But um, 1080p, 30 frames per second, and you're going to be able to create some really cool moments from this And if you're not sold on it, you're not sold, but I would say watch my video, listen to the upcoming podcast, and I think you'll want to start in certain situations recording spatial video for the potential future, whether it's now, whether it's today, or it's years down the road. 
When we talk about the camera, it also will have an improved telephoto focusing speed on 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max, so it can now fo- focus faster when capturing small, faraway uh, objects with the telephoto camera. Very cool. Other things, uh, you got message app sticker reactions, so you can now incorporate stickers as reactions as an alternative to the tapback reaction um so you can either choose a sticker or an emoji to apply to the corner of a message if you know you're deep in iMessage and we're going to talk about iMessage in a little bit there's some new apple music stuff favorites apple music playlist so songs that you favorited are now automatically aggregated into favorites playlist now we've had this i said playlist playlist we've had features like this on music apps for years and it was kind of surprising that it didn't exist but Yes, you now have a favorites playlist. So all that random stuff you hear that you love, it kind of just gets thrown into this pile. You're going to be able to do that. Also, you can now in Apple Music, favorite songs. Um, these are all part of the settings that you can do. And then there's an Apple Music listening history focus filter. So if you want to let someone else use your device to listen to music, you can activate this to turn off the listening history so their song choices won't affect your recommendations. I don't know if this exists for all apps, but I'm going to tell you, my nephews, my nieces, they get a hold of my phone. They start watching all kinds of stupid videos that I will never watch. Tyler, Tong, I'm talking to you. And then it literally messes up my algorithm because I'm just being a nice uncle. And then I'm getting all these non-Brian Tong videos that I want to watch that are now in my YouTube. It's just not, it's a tough, it's a first world issue it's it's really tough out here in these streets but hey that that's a nice thing to have also the action button in ios 17.2 will now have a new option for translate so right you can use it as a flashlight you can use that as a mute switch um translate is now a new option i'm curious how many of you are really still are you using the action button for anything different than a mute switch right now i'm only using it for the silent ringer switch or mute switch. And therefore, my phone has no new functionality whatsoever. I talked about in my review right out of the gates. Can we do a double tap for a different function? Can we do a triple tap? Can we do something? A long hold, something. So this action button, yes, it is customizable. And I think that this is a hint of what we might see in a future iPhone, maybe another button, right? Multiple customizable action buttons. I could see that. But I don't even know what type of data has. I got to imagine if I think of the general population, not the tech world that listens to this stuff and loves this stuff, I think the general population has never even changed or touched the action button at all. At all. I think a lot of people in the tech world have been like, I would like to keep it as a mute switch. So I'm curious. I'm really curious how you are all using it. Um, the keyboard, there's a new option to disable inline predictions when typing if you don't like that so you can get rid of that there's also iMessage contact key verification this is a feature designed more for uh, people like journalists and human rights activists government officials who face more digital threats uh, that are more extreme than the normal civilian or normal person who doesn't have as much attention on them so these are a lot of the big things that are here in iOS 17.2 The other thing is that in the Apple TV app, Apple has removed the separate tabs for movies and TV shows in the store section of the Apple TV app on the iPhone and the iPad. There's a lot of other 
smaller little things here, but those are in general the big features that are worth talking about in iOS 17.2. You can jump online and see what else is out there, but you know, I think a lot of people will be happy with this. For me, just Apple planting the seeds for Apple Vision Pro. I'm just really curious how many of you are really buying into even playing around with spatial video because you can't see the 3D result. Like I was able to go to Apple HQ and now finally see the videos that I recorded so I can learn and understand how to shoot more effectively and what the limitations are of that spatial video camera. But for most people, you're just gonna shoot some videos in 1080p, 30 frames per second, hold them for arguably, you might even get the first version a year or two. But I think it is important to take some of loved ones. I'm just saying, it is really important. Now, one of the features that is being pushed out to 2024 that was promised was collaborative Apple Music Playlists. And I love this idea. This has existed on other services, but in Apple Music, it hasn't, where someone creates a playlist, they invite people, everyone can add songs. It can be like a fun friends playlist. It can change, it can constantly evolve. That is being pushed out to launch in 2024 and no longer in 2023. It has appeared in the iOS 17.3 beta, so it's not dead, it's coming, but it's just not coming in 2023. The other feature that Apple delayed in iOS 17 is AirPlay in hotel rooms. This is gonna be pushed out to 2024. Now remember, when Apple announced this, it was working with limited, maybe even I would argue to say, boutique level hotels, but they said some um, IHG hotels and resorts would be some of the first hotels and companies, even, uh, you know, that was actually according to, you know, holiday in owners saying, okay, these will be coming to some of our hotels, but we weren't, we weren't given a list of compatibility because if you notice, depending on the hotels you get, we got a range of TVs that may or may not work. The idea that I could just hold my phone up and see a QR code and then just toss my content there directly to the TV, that would be wonderful, but this feature, as planned, is looking to roll out in 2024, and I would expect that it's going to be a slow rollout, and it's going to take a lot of time. It might take a year before we start seeing it, and also different hotel chains have different deals and agreements with their cable system, and that's going to cause conflict as well, so we'll see what happens. Also, some TVs don't even support AirPlay. And so that's going to, you know, they're going to have to have a certain level of TV to support that as well. And then Apple removes the option to buy TV shows and movies. We talked about them uh, getting rid of the tab in iOS 17.2 and the iTunes store app. So don't write it. it, We've been doing it for so long. Like, oh, I'm going to buy my stuff from iTunes. TV shows and movies. We did before when that was the only kind of the one-stop shop to get things, but that is no longer the case. They've made a server-side change, and so if you want to buy TV shows and movies, don't go to the iTunes Store app anymore. You will be directed to the Apple TV app instead, and that's where you can find it moving forward. So these are some new changes. iOS 17.2, obviously whenever iOS comes out, it's such a big deal. Um, And some of these features, I'm not sure which ones you like more or less, but there you go, just a little summary, and then remember, AirPlay to hotels from your phone coming in 2024 sometime. Um, Probably what comes before that is the Apple Music collaborative playlist. So we'll wait and see what happens there. 
All right, let's take a moment to thank the sponsor of the podcast here, Masterclass. Hey, I'm a content creator and I'm doing literally everything on my own. I've been doing that for what now, five plus years and I'm getting better every day. This is always something I'm trying to do in ways, you know, big and small. And James Clear's Masterclass on Building Better Habits has actually helped me change my approach and just make small changes to be more efficient. Now with Masterclass, you don't need to wonder if you're getting the best class. You can be confident in what you're learning because with Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Now I'm working with Masterclass and I have a deal for you. With Masterclass, you can take one-on-one classes from the world's best for $10 a month with your annual membership. And this holiday season, Give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash Applebits. Masterclass makes a meaningful gift this season for you and anyone on your list because both of you can learn from the best to become your best from leadership to effective communication and to cooking. Now, whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode, in the app or on their site, the quality absolutely speaks for itself. It's like Masterclass instructors are your own personal mentors that are gonna help you reach the next level. Now, how much would it cost to take one-on-one classes from the world's best Well, that's easily hundreds to thousands of dollars. With the Masterclass annual membership, it's $10 a month. Now, memberships start at $120 a year for unlimited access to one-on-one classes with all 180 plus Masterclass instructors. You can learn how to negotiate a raise with Chris Voss or manage your relationships with Esther Perel. There are over 180 classes to pick from with new classes added every month like The Science of Better Sleep with Matthew Walker that helped me prioritize and find better ways to fall asleep and then renew myself for the next day. Very important. Even when I'm traveling and grinding, you can boost your confidence and find practical takeaways that you can apply to your life and at work. And if you own a business or you're a team leader, use masterclass to empower and create future ready employees and leaders. This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash Applebits right now. You can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash Applebits. Masterclass.com slash Applebits. Offer terms apply. All right. Obviously, iOS 17.2 wasn't the only thing that was getting released. All the latest versions of all the operating systems for all the devices came out. But I also wanted to focus on watchOS 10.2. Finally, the Apple Watch is complete to me where I can now... Look, you might be like, why did you wait so long? I'm not going to review a product when pretty much key features that make it unique and different from the year before are missing. And now it does feel complete. So with watchOS 10.2, you're finally going to get health data support for Siri. This is where you can ask Siri questions, things like, how did I sleep last night? Or how many steps have I taken this week? And you can quickly get that information. Apple said it was really the power of the processor on the new Watch Series 9 and Ultra 2 that allowed them to do that. That's why it doesn't exist on any of the other phones. I mean, I'm just saying what uh, what Apple has told the multiple outlets. So watch OS, sorry, watch OS 10.2 does that. So basically health requests over Siri and tied to your health information. Also subtle, but important, the ability to swipe and change the Apple Watch face without going into the edit anymore. When watch OS 10 hit, they changed that fact that you could instantly swipe over multiple watch faces. Some people were complaining that they accidentally changed the face and swiped it. Other people were like, yo, I use multiple watch faces for different times. I don't want to press into it, go into edit, move over, just make it a swipe. So Apple 
is bringing that back as an option in the settings. Also, uh, you'll automatically view now playing when you're in proximity of a HomePod second generation or HomePod mini that's playing any media from the music or podcast app. We talked about the changing watch faces. You can also confirm ending workouts in, you can enable the ability to confirm ending workouts in the settings. You can prioritize the volume of either the music or trainer's voice in most Fitness Plus workouts as well. And then it also resolves this issue that can cause some watch faces that have been added in the watch app on the iPhone to not appear on the Apple Watch. Did I make sense of that? So if you're playing around with the iPhone app and sometimes you add watch faces, they didn't always appear on the actual Apple Watch you're working with. So I like those little tweaks, but now now we have double tap is finally here that came with 10.1 and then health Siri requests for Apple Watch, the new ones that came out in 2023 are all here. So look, the Apple Watch is kind of a slow burn product right now. We haven't seen anything major that is going to convince me to, to or convince me to tell other people like you got to get one right now unless your Apple Watch is pretty much on its last legs. And that could be seriously, you could have something like an Apple Watch Series 2 or Series 3 that is still pretty much working decently other than maybe its battery has given you a little more issues. But I know plenty of people on a Series 4 and a Series 5. Uh, I have an old Series 5 that that is just fine. That is basically just for my workout equipment. So um, Apple Watch is a very, very hardy product. Also, Apple releases macOS Sonoma 14.2. You get new enhanced autofill where it's able to scan through and autofill for PDFs. Um, there's improvements to messages and weather. So you have this like, this is this was also in iOS, but this catch-up arrow that lets you like easily jump to your first unread message in a conversation by clicking that arrow. It's You can basically see it in the top right-hand corner. There's new weather widgets to choose from that are also available in macOS and iOS. And then the clock has multiple timers to let you run several timers simultaneously and create a name for each timer in macOS Sonoma. That's pretty wild. So there's some, you know, little things, obviously some of the improvements to Apple Music as well, like the favorite song list. macOS Sonoma, nothing, you know, as revolutionary as the others, but I at least wanted to mention the big three. And then the biggest thing to me is Apple TV, um, Apple's, sorry, TV OS, the latest version, there's this new feature where basically when you pull over and swipe to the far left, there's now a new navigation bar that is a vertical on the far left to go through the different apps and organization of Apple TV. I think it looks really nice. And I think Apple TV has been the sleeper upgrade for an OS for 2023. I really like what they're doing. I really like how they're thinking. And uh, I'm just waiting for them to finally let us use our iPhones as a microphone so we can do Apple TV karaoke with Apple Music directly to TV. I know I've actually talked to the team and told them directly about this, this thought, and they literally said, that's a good idea. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's a damn good idea. They're not going to call it BT karaoke, BTZ karaoke as the feature, but I think they should because the ge- the product manager genuinely looked at me like, I've never thought of that. And that's why this whole, if it comes in the next two years, you know where it came from. I'm not trying to blow things up, but I'm just saying, you know where it came from. And with all these OSs rolling out, the first seeds of the betas of 17.3, 
and iPad OS 17.3 and Watch OS 10.3. They're all they're all Mac OS Sonoma 14.3. They're in developers' hands and developers are playing with it. Now, one thing that the iOS 17.3 beta has added though is this new stolen device protection feature to iPhone. So this is the first we we didn't even know about it, but there's and you know, for developers specifically, this is called stolen device protection, and it is designed to add an additional layer of security in the event that someone has maybe stolen your iPhone and has also obtained the device's passcode. Now, this was a request that people were hoping for because specifically in New York or densely crowded areas, people were saying that some thieves are just kind of looking over your shoulder, waiting for you to punch in the code, seeing you punch in the code, and then once they learn that code, um, this is in more densely populated areas or just life, then they go and steal your phone from you and then have access to all your information. So this new feature, stolen device protection, when it's turned on, face ID or touch ID authentication is required for any additional actions, including viewing passwords or pass keys stored in iCloud keychain, applying for things like a new Apple card, turning off the loss mode, erasing all content and settings. It's really made to create another layer of lockdown. So hopefully uh, the person who steals your phone doesn't look exactly like you. Um, but like I said, you know, someone who wants to apply for a new Apple card, turn off the loss mode, erasing all content and settings. If they know your password, they could do whatever they basically want. Um, using payment methods, saved in Safari, use your iPhone to set up a new device. None of that can be done when you turn on stolen device protection. So I love this idea and face ID, uh, touch ID authentication. That's, that's, that's really important. So I'm all for this and Apple, you know, what, what should we say? Doing the right thing. All right. Now, if you're like me and you've used Notion, you know how essential it is. And they are also sponsoring this podcast. Now I've been using Notion for about two years now to manage my workflow and all my video and podcast projects that you see. And it's made a major difference in just keeping me organized. I didn't realize just how much it would help, but being a creator, this is chaotic and working on my own. I needed all the help that I could get. Notion combines my notes, docs, and projects all together in this beautiful space. And navigating that space is easier than ever. Thanks to Notion's new feature, Q&A, an AI assistant that can answer questions about next quarter's roadmap. Find that marketing campaign proposal that you're looking for, or maybe dig up a long lost link all in seconds. I just used it the other day to manage all my December projects that are happening. A lot has been happening from videos to travel to sponsored opportunities. And then to do this podcast, just to make sense of it all. Notion AI can now give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, projects, docs, and meeting notes. And you can try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash applebits. That's all lower cases. Have an urgent question that you normally turn to a coworker to answer? Hey, just ask Q&A instead. It'll search through thousands of documents in seconds and answer your question in clear language, no matter how large or complex your workspace is. You can also ask Q&A questions from anywhere in Notion. So you can find exactly what you need without leaving the doc you're in right now and stay focused on what's important. When you use Notion AI, it's even easier to do your most meaningful work. So try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash applebits. That's all lowercase, notion.com slash applebits to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting this show. Also, 
Let's take a moment to thank our last sponsor of the show. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Now, if you need a hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Now, let's talk about Indeed's hiring platform that is second to none. Candidates you invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search, according to U.S. Indeed data. It gets you one step closer to your hire by immediately matching you with quality candidates. Indeed does the hard work for you. Indeed shows you candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. And Indeed's hiring platform matches you with quality candidates instantly. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Just go to Indeed.com slash AppleBits right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash AppleBits. Terms and conditions apply. Need a hire? You need Indeed. All right, we talked about all the OSs, but we're not done yet. There's there's still a lot, a lot going on in the Apple world, which I like. Sometimes it actually helps to wait a little bit because you get you get some more juicy stuff. But I'm not sure if you heard about this whole saga. Some of you might not even care, but there's a big, big thing where an app on Android called Beeper Mini allowed iMessage to exist on Android with blue bubbles, but not only that, it was able to sync and share and send not only messages, but videos, audio, photos, high quality. And when I would interact with this Beeper Mini on an Android phone, like my Pixel 8 Pro, that same stuff would sync directly to my iPhone as if I had also had that conversation on my Apple devices. It's kind of crazy. I mean, this has been something that people have wanted. And I use the app Beeper Mini. It honestly worked really great. I could still do things like edit, messages, delete messages. I couldn't use things like Apple's reactions or uh, some of those animations where you hold, you know, the on-screen gestures when you say uh, congratulations, sorry, on-screen effects. Um, Things like that didn't work. Emojis absolutely worked. And a lot of the like FaceTime and SharePlay, Apple specific stuff didn't, but general messaging stuff completely worked. So Bieber Mini went out, it got out. Everyone was excited about it. And then Apple basically shut down the app by flipping a switch in the background and Beeper Mini no longer was working. Now there's been a bunch of back and forth and there's continued outages and sometimes it's on and sometimes not. But Apple is, you know, basically stopping that from happening on Android. Here's the thing. All right. I want iMessage on Android, but the issue here really more is, okay, Beeper Mini is, they're not doing anything from what we know, at least illegally. They've reverse engineered the code from iMessage and then 
rewritten it so it's original code that is their own and they've give, they've opened it up for people to analyze so that they aren't stealing any technically any code from apple but the other issue is apple's built this messaging platform and that they've built on their own and apple still lets you know standard messaging come through i know it's this whole green bubbles and blue bubbles thing but the the thing is that with beeper mini you can in order to kind of get around things you still can actually enter in your apple id and password, get it authenticated on a secondary device that allows you to use Beeper Mini, which allows you to use iMessage on an Android device. They give you like seven days free, but then they're charging for it. And I'm like, okay, I get it. This is a third-party app. So, But they're charging to use the servers that Apple allows its own user to use for free. I'm just saying, I wish there was, in a perfect world, there'd be a Kumbaya and yes, we would be able to use iMessage in some way, shape, or form on an Android phone. Quite honestly, if Apple just did it and even charged people, would people be that mad about it? I don't know. But if it was an option and it was officially, you know, iMessage on Android, I think people would do it. And also, I love trying out new phones and I love all the tech that's out there. I was able to use my Pixel 8 Pro just basically just like my iPhone for messaging and then had all the benefits of the Pixel 8 Pro and I'm like, wow, this is cool. This makes me more versatile. But there's a back and forth drama. Beeper Mini's execs are saying, hey, it's super annoying that Apple's penalizing their own customers. They could see it that way, but Apple's you know, flipping the switch and saying, no, this is not going to happen. So um, right now, the whole Apple ID method worked previously. You could even use your phone numbers to work and get beeper mini running but apple's put a stop to that again and apple has made it clear that it does not plan to willingly allow beeper mini to use iMessage servers there's been some third-party apps that used like a middleman to to then talk to apple servers this is actually accessing apple servers directly so beeper mini's founders say they're not giving up um if you don't care about iMessage on android that story was completely useless to you, but yeah, I I think it, it was it was fascinating just to see iMessage on an Android device and actually work and work nicely. Whoo, that that was pretty awesome. All right, let's talk about future Apple products now. Normally, I lead with that type of stuff, but sometimes it's just so far down the road, people roll their eyes. How many more iPhone 16 stories do you want to hear from Brian? Like, no. Let's just talk about like the real news and then keep on rolling to the other juicier, maybe more gossipy rumor stuff. And if it's a really good one, it'll go on the top. But the latest reports and commentary from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman on his Power on newsletter has claimed that Apple Vision Pro is set, not only set for an early 2024 release, which we know that's from Apple, but possibly January. And when I hear this, I'm like, January? Are you sure? And German has been very, very good on his on his dates. So, what this is, what is this pointing to? Well, a lot of it points to Apple retail gearing up to prepare its retail training staff for the incoming Apple Vision Pro. So they're doing extensive retail preparations, according to German. Um, and Apple is internally aiming for a January release. We know CES is crazy busy, but. It at the very least anticipates to launch it before March. Um, expected that there's no delays. Now, this is why January feels too early. I've gone to Apple HQ 
and I've been able to interact with the Vision Pro three times so far. And the hardware is ready. And I know they're they're slowly trickling and showing us different things. They haven't showed us spatial computing in any way, shape, or form. I've got to imagine there's probably not going to be another Apple meeting or that I don't know these things. I'm just saying, I'm I'm just postulating or guessing that if Apple has another kind of one early access event, it would be sometime in January. They haven't even touched spatial computing with us yet. It's really been, here's the general OS, here's how to use it, here's spatial video, here's a few other bells and whistles that will show you if you ask the right questions, Brian Tong. And I have asked the right questions. There's there's stuff I know that they said, uh, we, we don't actually want you to say that right now and there will be plenty of time to talk about that because I asked the right questions and then they asked someone they're like wait are we supposed to say that and I'm like that's my job as someone who's who's a former journalist and who's now a content creator with a journalism background I like to dig I want to make sure I'm moving the conversation forward I don't want to just go somewhere and know the same bullet points that are on a spec sheet I want to learn new things to give you new things even if it's like one or two things that you haven't heard anywhere else that's what makes part of what I do different than others. And so I found a lot of stuff. I played with a lot of things that I can't even talk to you all about. Um, some of them are in my video that I'm basically just sitting on, but we haven't seen spatial computing. And if the two top kind of catches are immersive content, spatial video, I don't know when Apple's immersive video platform is coming. And also, let's be real, Apple hasn't even talked about Okay, if we make all these spatial videos, if we edit spatial videos, who's going to allow us to watch them? Are they making a deal with YouTube behind the scenes? Or are they going to create their own spatial video uh, platform for user-generated content and one for professional studio-level content? Will they coexist? Like, What is that going to be like? I know they're talking about it. They have the money and the resources to do it. And... Quite honestly, the Apple Vision Pro user base won't be that large out of the gates. It's going to be significant um, from an Apple, uh, from you know that enthusiast. But three thousand five hundred dollars, come on, let's be real. Not everyone is going to buy one, and a lot of people are going to wait and see. And everyone's going to be really like amazed by it. But and not everyone's going to go go and buy it. So there's a lot of questions that have to be answered. But because of that, I'm like, really January. Even if it was the end of January, I'd be surprised. I don't know this. Apple obviously doesn't tell me anything um, about a release date. They never have until basically the public announcement is when they say, oh, also, this is the official release date. So we genuinely do not know. Now, Coin reports retail training is slated to begin mid-January, and it entails a comprehensive two-day session for each participant. Um, This is going to be a complex setup process, right? Each of these Apple headsets will have things that they need to measure to make it customized for each user, whether you're talking about the head strap, the light seal, the fit and feel. If you have prescription glasses, the lenses, there's so many variables. So this has got to be not only like done correctly and properly because there's so many just fit variables, but then also to make this a very classy, unique, handheld experience. You know, how many people will they be able to take a day to set up an Apple Vision Pro? Is it one person per hour? And then you got like a 15-minute break in between. And the next person, so what? You're telling me, I, I, don't, I don't know if every store is going to have an Apple Vision Pro section. I don't even know this. And I don't even know how the setup's going to be. But 
if they're only going to get through and it's going to be reservation system, let's say six to 10 people a day, that's okay. Maybe, maybe, okay. Maybe more like 10 to 12 hours in a work day, 8 a.m., 8 p.m. Okay. 12. Uh, okay. Let's say 10 to 12 people in a day that, and for every store, if that flow continues, that's not many. I mean, think about how many iPhone customers they take. This is going to be a totally new experience. So to facilitate this whole thing, Apple is going to steer customers towards in-store pickups. They're expected to be equipped with all the tools to assemble and box the headsets on site, ensuring that a personalized and streamlined customer experience happens. So this is going to be a big deal. This is going to make, they're going to want people to feel super special. And uh, I'm really excited about the prospect of just how, you know, I used to work for Apple Retail in case you didn't know. So I remember when we launched like, the latest Mac OS, and it would literally be a store event. People would wait in line to buy their box of Mac OS Jaguar and Leopard and Snow. I think, was Snow Leopard the last boxed one? Man, it might be, but they were events. Not only were product events big, people wrapped around the stores for that. This was at the Palato store, which was SJ store. He was there at some of the launches, so it's really fun. So we'll see what happens. Now, before we wrap up, let's talk about new products expected to come sometime in early spring, maybe around March. We've talked about them a lot, but 2023 was the year where there were no new iPads. And obviously, sales suffered. But I, in a way, I think Apple did the right thing because I would not have wanted them to just release some like middling iPad just because for the year. So I actually prefer they wait a little bit just to get all their ducks in a row. And the iPad is a product where people take like, see, people don't update their iPad for five plus years, most people. I don't even want to say three to five years. I think the general user, consumer, if they bought an iPad, most of them have one that's at least three years old, most of them. And if not one that's in a hand down, you've got to have at least, if you own an iPad, one of them that you own is at least three years old, I think for most people. And that meaning they haven't even ordered, upgraded to a new one yet. It, their newest one is at least three years old. That's what I think for most people. So the latest reports is that Apple is planning to launch new iPad Air and iPad Pro models planned for a refresh in early 2024. I don't think that these will conflict or happen, I guess, at the same time as the Apple Vision Pro. I think that needs to stand alone as its own event. And so it would make sense if they're going to spread these out, if they do, that the iPad Air and iPad Pro models would be a separate event. The rumors and reports are that the iPad Air will come in two sizes for the very first time and mimic similar to the iPad Pro, which has two sizes and has that for a while. The smaller model will continue to measure in at 10.9 inches for the iPad Air, and there will be a larger 12.9-inch iPad Air following the footsteps of kind of the smaller Pro and the larger Pro, the iPad Air will get a 12.9-inch display. And it is expected to still be an LED display. Not, from all reports from what I've read, not L, not mini LED, but the standard LED display that they have, 12.9 inches, more affordable, and made specifically to be more affordable than the iPad Pro. This is a classic Tim Cook era move. Make um, phone at every size, every price point. They're now doing this to the iPad lineup. Now, also in early 2024, we're expecting to see iPad Pro models with 
OLED displays for the first time in something this large. We've had OLED displays on the iPhone and the Apple Watch. This would be the largest OLED display we ever see from Apple, um, but they are more expensive. You get deeper blacks, more vivid colors, typically better battery efficiency as well. That's compared to LED displays. Um, the current iPad Pros are mini LED, which had better dark levels, color control, significantly look better than a standard LED display. But now LED to mini LED to now OLED, OLED is where it is at. So that's expected to be the biggest change for the new iPad Pros, obviously sizing for the iPad Pro lineup. From what I recall, it was, I swear the rumors were either at, we know the larger one is going to be 13 inches, but the smaller one of the iPad Pro, I believe was either at 10.9 or 11 inches, which is very close to each other, but just assume that. And then the M3 chip built on the three nanometer technology inside the new iPad Pro. The expectation is that these will be also coming out sometime potentially in late March. And then along with the new iPads, a new introduction for a new Apple Pencil, new Magic Keyboards, and the reports say that the Magic Keyboards are going to have a sturdier frame made from aluminum. And then when you combine it with the new iPad Pros, it'll look more closely to resemble a laptop. So that's that's the juice that we can squeeze on the iPad Pros and the iPad Airs expected to come come around sometime maybe late March of 2024. But that's not all. New M3 MacBook Air models are expected around March in 2024, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. So we're talking iPad Airs, iPad Pros, and new MacBook Airs, an updated 13-inch and 15-inch MacBook Air models are in the works. Now, we know they overhauled the design. It looks fresh. I love how they look. Um, in 2022, you got the 13-inch. In 2023, we got the 15-inch. So no design changes are planned for the 2024 models, and there should not be. There's no need to be, but the focus will be really on the hardware, the new updated M3 chip, and then the M3 also gives you the improved next generation graphics capabilities. So that's going to help if, you know, if if gaming continues to evolve and grow and maybe we get a few more AAA titles on the Mac this year, that could be interesting um, with the improved GPU. But the new MacBook Airs expected sometime also in March. So my thinking is, look, Apple Vision Pro has to be its own event. iPad Pro, iPad Air, MacBook Air, that sounds like a nice, beefy, chunky event to me. So if I was them, I think that's what that's what they should do. But look, that's just the first potential three months of 2024. We have so much more coming. And then, you know, that Apple Vision Pro is going to evolve even just in year one. I think we're going to see a lot of different things happen during the life of that product. Six months later, maybe they say, oh, we've got this new platform that's part of Apple Vision Pro. Go get all this cool immersive video that we teased a while ago. And now, you know, you can watch the Taylor Swift concert or all this other stuff. And I don't know, once they go Apple, once Apple opens up their immersive video platform with the partners that they already have teased at um, with professional sports like the NBA, they have MLS already, concerts, musicians, um, narrative, movies, Woo, they have their Apple TV shows. Uh, it We have our own personal spatial video content. It's going to get crazy, guys and gals. It's going to get crazy. All right. Hey, that is going to do it for this week's show. Before we go, we got to give big thanks to our Platinum Apple sponsors at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, 
Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Michael Gigliotti, Atari Koenigsegg, and Gregory Ford. Thank you so much for all your incredible support. And thank you to all of you who continue to support this show at every level. Um, it's amazing. You are all the reason why I'm still able to do this. And we keep on chugging. We keep on going. Yes, it's the end of the year. Things are going to slow down a little bit. You'll still get a weekly show. And then we're going to run over to CES. I, I should have announced at the beginning of the show. But um, if you hear this, I am officially going to be returning to CES 2024 as the host of the show. But this year, what's different, I've been hosting it by myself the past two years. We're bringing in a co-host. And so you know her, you love her. I, Justine, Justine Ezrak is joining me and will be we will be the two hosts for CES 2024. This time, it will also be streamed to the public, I believe on YouTube, on their website for free. In the past, it's been behind the paywall and everyone said, how do I see this? I can't see your content other than what you post on YouTube. And I will still post on YouTube, but you will see everything live stream from CES in Las Vegas, January 9th to the 12th. Um, and it's going to be myself and Justine, and it's going to be I, it's going to be awesome. We've known each other for so many years. Um, we've got some fun stories to share as well, but it's going to be a great time. So I that, to me, CES happens because of all of you, because you all support my content, because you all listen, and because you all watch, and I'm so grateful. So uh, I'll give another thanks in the beginning of next week's episode just so people that didn't stay for the end can hear that and if you did already then you'll have to hear it twice i know i'm sorry but hey that's just how it goes so hey everybody thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you soon we'll be back here same bat time same bat channel i'm no longer on vacation but the holidays are coming up for all of us so thank you so much for an incredible year there will still be more episodes but you know i just want to say thanks because this is special and uh i hope that you guys and gals can enjoy the holidays so we'll talk to you soon take care and be safe it's the apple bits xl baby peace (laughs) 